Hello again, everybody. This episode of the Golf Guide podcast is proudly presented by GolfGuide.net, a wondrous place to save up to 70% on greens fees at golf courses all over Northern California and beyond. And when you visit GolfGuide.net, don't forget to use the promotional code GGPODCAST. That will allow you to save an extra 10% on any purchase of $25 or more. So these these certificates that they, they've got, they're already discounted, you know, up to 70%, and you can save an extra 10% on top of that by using the promo code GGPODCAST at golfguide.net. Okay, that's about it. Let's jump into this podcast, everybody. What a what a sweet little tune that is! What what a nice way to bring bring this podcast into being. Uh, welcome everybody, Kyle Serlo here. Uh, you know, obviously we got another great episode of the Golf Guide podcast for you, and uh, I do just want to take a quick moment to let you guys know that the uh, the music that you guys hear on this podcast, uh, both coming in and out of it, is uh, actually from my buddy Teddy and his uh, little jam band called Treasurer and President. Uh, it's very, you know, very fun stuff. They even allow me to come and, uh, and jam on a couple of their tracks when uh, I'm feeling uh, particularly inspired by uh, some of, of nature's finest herbs and, and things like that. So it really is a really nice, uh, nice way to bring it in. So thank you, Teddy, and thank you, Treasurer and President, for uh, allowing me to use your music here and there. So uh, anyway, with that out of the way, let's get to it, everybody. I uh, got, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and lie to you and tell, and tell you that we got a really busy week in terms of golf news but we certainly got a couple of items one particular or one in particular that uh, applies to us here in the bay area that i think is kind of exciting that uh, i'm enthusiastic about sharing with you but uh, let's get to some some pga tour professional golf uh related items before we tackle that last little piece of news uh the first being that it has come out that uh the infamous and much anticipated tiger woods versus phil mickelson match that will be taking place the day after Thanksgiving at uh, at Las Vegas's most acclaimed golf course, Shadow Creek, designed by none other than Tom Fazio. Um, it, it has been uh, now, we are now knowing, well, great grammar, dude. Um, we now know that they will not be selling tickets to this event, which is a huge bummer. Uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty much high rollers and corporate sponsors only. Um, tickets are not going to be made available to the general public, which is kind of a bummer. Um, and when you add on top of it, it's going to be a pay-per-view. I'm, I've, I've got a feeling that this thing is going to have far less viewers than they were originally hoping for, especially considering that Phil's game, uh, is not in peak form, nor is Tiger's, you know, uh, Tiger even came out, uh, recently in the last week or so and said that fatigue, uh, had really started to set in with him, especially capping off that victory that he had at the tour championship and that, may have played a large role in his less-than-spectacular performance at the Ryder Cup in Paris. But uh, with that all being said, you know, it's just more sad news um, about this Tiger and Phil match, something that would have been so awesome had they gotten some of the details right and, you know, also maybe if they had, you know, held it about 10 years ago. But that's besides the point. Um, it, it still should be fun to watch if you guys are planning on purchasing the pay-per-view, I would love to hear about it. I know that I will be watching. Uh, that is the day that me and all of my best buddies arrive for our annual trip to Bannon Dunes. So I think uh, after, you know, nine holes and uh, a couple tequila shots and a few banquet beers, 
Uh, we're going to be heading into the old Bunker Bar or uh, McKee's Pub to take in probably the back nine of, uh, of the Tiger Phil match. So that at least should be pretty exciting. But uh, again, just pretty much a bummer that they're not going to have general admission uh, for that tournament for people to go and watch it live. Um, the second little bit of news, I thought this was funny. I know on this podcast, you know, we certainly have brought up the question of whether or not professionals uh, should be, you know, having their equipment rolled back because now 300-yard drives, and not just 300-yard drives, guys hitting the ball 300 yards in the air uh, has now become more the norm uh, than the exception on the PGA Tour, and it's forcing a lot of golf courses to lengthen themselves out, change the strategy, and kind of really dumb and numb down these golf courses to make it so these guys aren't just, you know, uh, bombing and gouging, you know, with the driver wedge into every single one of these par fours. And, uh, you know, one, one of golf's, you know, greatest, you know, current players and uh, certainly an ambassador for the game, uh, Jason Day, uh, you know, had a really interesting interview. <laughs> um, this is something that basically I, I was able to get from uh, Jeff Shackelford's website at jeffshackelford.com. But uh, I did think it was really fascinating how, you know, so many of us, you know, many of you that listen to this podcast, I know I am certainly in the camp of guys that are uh, fans of golf course architecture and love the idea of uh, guys on tour getting tested by more strategy-filled golf courses that force them to not just be hitting driver all the time, but actually to kind of really be playing balls to certain parts of the fairways for certain angles and the greens and whatnot. But in a uh, in a Golf World interview with Brian Wacker, uh, Jason Day was kind of asked about the prospects of a, of a limited distance ball at the Masters because uh, if, if you're not familiar, the Masters is not governed by the PGA Tour. It is its own complete entity. The members uh, at Augusta National are the ones that host that golf tournament. So it's really up to them to kind of put whatever rules in place they want. So many have speculated that if there was ever going to be a reduced distance ball or any kind of rule whatsoever that would start limiting players' abilities to hit the ball as far as they currently do, um, that the Masters would be the first place that they would test something like this out. And uh, when asked about you know the possible effect on the game, Jason Day's quote is, quote, first, well... I was about to start doing it in like an Australian, New Zealand accent, but then I just figured I'd be offending a bunch of people. So I'm just going to say it in my own uh, in my own tone here. But uh, quote from Jason Day: First off, people would still play the Masters, but if they did that, then they better shorten the tees again. Uh, if we have limited flight balls, we're going to have like four irons in a number seven and things like that. End quote. Uh, to which my reply is: Jesus Christ, this this goddamn professional golfer is not okay with hitting a long iron into a long par four. Dude, what the... The whole point of having a long par four, originally, when, when golf was invented, was for guys to actually not have a wedge or a short iron into a par four. It, the idea was to have a long iron as your approach shot. So, I, I mean, and, and Jeff Shackelford notes uh, in, in, on his website, he's like, you see, the, the idea of actually making a long par four long again and making par fives not an automatic, you know, hit it on a two proposition, uh, it seems to be a little a little foreign to Jason Day. And uh, I'll, I'll go in for another quote from uh, from Jason Day in this interview. Quote, but I do want the ball to go shorter. Or do I want it to go shorter? No. Why? Isn't it fun watching Dustin Johnson crush a drive over a lake 300 yards away? I mean, no one wants to see someone plot it down the, the right and, and not take it on, that that's boring. Because if you push trying to rein it in too far, 
then people are going to stop watching golf. Uh, and people want to see risk, uh, end quote. And, uh, you know, it's like, but my, my immediate reaction to that is, um, dude, when every single guy can hit it 300 yards and by doing that, hitting it, you know, over a lake that's a 270 carry actually isn't a risk anymore. So, it's just, you know, it, it's, <laughs> look, it, it would be great if uh, we could somehow find a way where guys who play different styles of golf could all compete. You know, guys who are really, really long uh, certainly will always have an advantage, but, uh, you know, it, it's just uh, it's, it's a little bit of a bummer to see Jason Day, who's got so much influence in the golfing world, just take such a huge crap on uh, on the idea of strategy and, and, and the limited flight ball. And I'll leave it one last little uh, one last little quote from the interview. Quote, see, the problem is the architects, some of them anyway, decided that because the ball is going forever, they need to make courses longer to make them harder. No, you don't. Just be a better architect. <laughs> uh, end quote. That is that is spectacular from Jason Day. I mean, the, the the cluelessness is really really outstanding. I don't really need to go into it any farther. I know that uh, on Michael Clayton, who you know, Mike Clayton, who is a golf course architect based out of Australia, he was on a podcast uh, I believe called State of the Game, where uh, Jeff Shackelford and Rod Morey were on there, where they talk about Jason Day's architecture critiques at length so if that's something you're interested in hearing more about i would encourage you to go listen to that state of the game podcast i believe it was episode 83 uh if i'm not uh, if i'm not mistaken but anyway funny funny stuff there so uh, let's get on a little bit more to uh, what's happening on the pga tour right now of course uh, mark leishman was uh, victorious in kuala lumpur uh last weekend as the asia swing of uh, uh the tour continues now they're going to be heading to my uh, my former home, uh, South Korea, um, as many of you listening to this probably already know, I, uh, I was a resident uh, in Seoul, South Korea for a couple of years in my mid-20s. I absolutely love the place. Korea, got to be the most overlooked uh, vacation destination in all of Asia. Um, if you like barbecued meats, chili, garlic, and all that kind of stuff like that, it is the place. I'm... I'm my wife uh, will, until the day that she dies, will always insist that Korea, Korean food is the best kind of food. And, you know, I'm not really in a place to disagree with her too much. I mean, uh, I, I had an unbelievably fantastic time during, you know, my couple of years in Korea. Made some really, really good, close friends. Um, and also, you know, it's, it's, it's just a really cool place uh, in terms of recreation. There's tons of stuff to do. Uh, it's cheap to go out, you know, go eat and drink and, and party and all that kind of good stuff. So um, Korea, very, very underrated as a vacation destination. And uh, if you're a golf fan, this is a good month to be there because not only do you have all of the the, uh, the joys and benefits that Korea has, especially this time of year, Korea's weather, at least in Seoul, is very similar to New York City. You know, hot, humid summers, cold, shitty winters, and really beautiful springs and autumns. And so at this time of year, it's absolutely gorgeous in South Korea, and they're going to be treated to a third consecutive weekend of uh, professional tour golf. So the last couple of weekends, the LPGA Tour has had events uh, in Korea, and then this weekend is going to be um, the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, um, a very, very cool golf tournament um, designed actually by a local Northern California architect, uh, I believe David Dale. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Dale, if I'm you know fudging up your first name, but I know it's Mr. Dale, who is a uh, Northern California-based architect that has done a lot of work in Asia over the years. I actually played high school golf against his son um, and actually randomly got paired up with him 
you know, both uh, both of the Dales, father and son, me and my dad were out playing our home course at Bodega Bay uh, maybe two years back, and we randomly got paired up with the two of them for a little Father's Day round of golf, and it was really, really fun to kind of hear about his experiences, how much he loves Korea. Uh, you know, we kind of really bonded over that, and uh, it, it'll be fun to see the guys playing his golf course, which I believe is ranked as the first and maybe now second uh, best golf course in all of Korea, which is an absolute golf crazed country they love golf over there uh most of the people can't afford to play it but uh you know that's why they go to the uh screen golf places where you can go play 18 holes for 20 bucks and that's how the majority of koreans uh, get their golf in but either way going to be really really fun uh if you are going to be awake to watch it by all means it should be a really really fun golf tournament to watch justin thomas is the defending champion, so uh, he's got a little bit at stake. I think there's also some big-name players going to be competing this weekend, including Brooks Kepka. Uh, so it should be a very, very fun tournament to watch. Uh, looking forward to that CJ Cup at Nine Bridges taking place in uh, South Korea. Um, and let's see, one last little bit of PGA Tour news. It appears that uh, this ban that the PGA uh, Tour, as well as the USGA and the Royal and Ancient Golf Associations were going to enforce that we're going to outlaw these green reading guides uh, is pretty much not going to happen. Um, you know, a, a lot of players kind of voiced their concern that, well, you know, if you're going to outlaw these things, we can still take notes, but how do I know that the notes that I'm taking aren't going to be technically, you know, um, illegal and I can get penalized after the fact? And then to that same end, how do I know that other guys are going to have conforming notes in their books and everything else like that? So, uh, long story short, because of these difficulties, uh, it, it appears that the players on tour will be able to continue uh, using those green reading guides, and um, so yeah, nothing's nothing's really going to change. So good for them, uh, good for us. They'll still probably be making a lot more putts than you and I do, um, and they probably won't really have to read greens all that much because they'll have everything mapped out in their book form. So uh, good on them. And then uh, you know the last uh, little bit of news I have uh, before we jump into the Bay Area PGA Tour thing is, of course, my favorite golf analyst of all time. Everybody's favorite grumpy golf grandpa, Johnny Miller, has uh, announced that he is going to be retiring from NBC after uh, 20-something illustrious years in the booth. Um, you know, I, say what you will about Johnny Miller. I think he has always been fantastic. I love the fact that he uh, is not afraid to insult and point out that someone is choking. He... He actually mentioned in a golf uh, a golf channel interview that I was watching earlier this morning about how he always thought it was strange when he started how everybody was afraid to address the elephant in the room, which was the subject of can guys not choke down the stretch. He kept he kept referring to it as the choke factor. Um, but the, it, for so many years, it appears that uh, announcers were kind of afraid. It was like the elephant in the room that they weren't really allowed to say. You know, it's kind of like you know with a, a perfect game in baseball. You don't say that he's got a, a perfect game or a no-hitter going, right? You just, you, you're quiet and you just let it happen where Johnny was that first guy to come up and be like, this guy has choked on a bag of dicks for the last five times he has had an opportunity to win, coughed it up every single time, and you know what? It, it, well, let's see if he can actually do it. He's obviously nervous. You can see the sweat dripping off the top of, you know, the tip of his nose. I mean, this is riveting stuff, and, and Johnny Miller's ability to kind of brush off that sort of, you know, unwritten rule about golf commentary, and then also, you know, just his willingness to just be critical and also just make astute observations regardless of who he was going to make happy or upset. Uh, I think golf is going to be losing a great ambassador. Um, 
in Johnny Miller. It, it appears that Paul Azinger, who's currently one of the lead uh, analysts for Fox, is actually going to be taking the place of Johnny Miller on NBC. I don't know whether or not that will mean he will continue uh, his analyst job with Fox as they broadcast uh, the USGA championships. But uh, the last little quote I'll leave you with for uh, for Johnny Miller was uh, one from that same Golf Channel interview that I thought was pretty great. And he was talking about, you know, ask, I think he was asked, you know, what made you decide to you know, choose now as a, as a time to step down? To which he replied, you know, I've been on the PGA Tour for you know, 25, 30 years. Um, you know, been in the broadcast booth 25, 30 years, you know, or so, 25 victories on tour. I don't even know how many major championships and big tournaments I've done in the booth. And, you know, that's a long time to be on the road. And, uh, you know, 50 years on the road uh, with time, you know, and, you know, now being about time to head home. I mean, I just, you know, to me, it sounds like a great country music song. And, you know, that, that, that that's a good enough reason for me. So that that's why we're going to hang it up. And uh, which is also part of the reason why I think Johnny Miller is great. I mean, anybody who loves country music is OK in my book. So uh, congratulations on a wonderful career, Johnny Miller. I think. I think that the Waste Management Open in Arizona this upcoming spring is going to be his last tournament uh, in the broadcast booth for NBC. So uh, that's just one more reason to watch uh, the Wasted Management Open that's going to be taking place down at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, Okay, the last bit of news that I have for you today I think is pretty fascinating. And uh, this is a story that was originally broken by uh, Golf.com, Golf.com's Josh Sens and uh, Joe Passov. Uh, but it appears that the PGA Tour is targeting the Bay Area as a uh, venue for an additional tour event for this upcoming season. Um, and but not, I, I'm sorry, not this upcoming season, but for the 2019-2020 season, um, the PGA Tour is considering adding another event to the Bay Area, and it appears that it would be actually the weekend before the Safeway Open. So they're talking about actually having back-to-back events in the Bay Area um, kind of just start off that tour season. It appears that after the, you know, after the tour championship, there'll be a one to two week break. And then, uh, the event, you, the 2019, 2020 season will start off at the Greenbrier in West Virginia, and then it will make its way out West for two events. Possibly, um, the Safeway open is obviously locked in over at Silverado and Napa, but the weekend before it is now rumored that national basketball association star, two-time NBA MVP, three-time champion, and just generally awesome basketball golfer, humanitarian, Stephen Wardell Curry, or is it Wardell Stephen Curry? I'm sorry, Steph. Uh, is actually going to, be, it's rumored that he may be hosting a PGA Tour event here in the Bay Area for that weekend prior to the Safeway Open, which would be so, so freaking cool. And uh, what makes it even better is that uh, Steph has expressed a desire, supposedly, um, to host the event at a public access course because he is very cognizant of, uh, you know, of golf's ambitions to grow and uh, get younger uh, participants to come and join in. So very, very cool stuff for, uh, for Steph Curry. And, uh, yeah, it should just be really, really cool. Uh, so far, it is rumored that the tournament may be taking place at the newly renovated South Course at the Chuck Carica Golf Complex, which is uh, right next to the Oakland Airport. So really, really easy in terms of transportation if people are coming in from out of town. Um, the Reese Jones design is supposed to kind of mimic what you would find on the Australian Sand Belt. Um, so, again, really, really exciting stuff. They were... 
possibly going to host it at TPC Harding Park, but uh, there's already some restrictions in place since Harding Park is going to be hosting the 2020 PGA Championship. Uh, they're contractually, you know, it, it's contractually off limits to host another PGA Tour event there. I believe a year before and a year after that event is going to be taking place. Uh, so as not to mess with, you know, not to have any conflicts with corporate sponsors or anything else like that. So um, really, really exciting stuff. Uh, I hope it works out. I am actually going to try to get out and play the south course at Chukarika Park and uh, be able to report back to you. There's a few courses that have opened in the Bay Area this past year. Uh, the south course at Karika Park and then as well as Baylands, which is the old Palo Alto golf course on the San Francisco Peninsula. I'm going to try to get both of those in here relatively soon, but I will be in... Uh, in the Bay Area, you know, at the beginning of next week. So I am, I'm going to try my best to get out and uh, report back with an update on my experience at Chukarika's Golf Park's South Course. And then uh, if that ends up being where this tournament takes place, that is going to be so cool for Bay Area golf fans to have two tournaments back-to-back. Um, you know, with two tournaments, the likelihood that you're going to have some of the bigger names showing up certainly increases. Uh, if you have Steph Curry there, with that kind of star power, I think it would lead to other big-name stars uh, maybe making it a point to get out to the Bay Area to participate. This tournament would supposedly be happening at the latter half of September, which, you know, as many of you, if you're you know a Bay Area resident knows, is the most spectacular time of year around here. And the appeal of going to play in a tournament hosted by Steph Curry, uh, all these guys on tour could probably bring their wives and girlfriends out for a little wine tasting, uh, you know, go have dinner at French Laundry, hang out. It, it, it's a perfect time of year to be in the Bay Area, so... Uh, let's hope that this sort of thing works out. Now, granted, none of this stuff has been confirmed. Uh, both Golf.com and uh, Ron Krojcik of the San Francisco Chronicle, who's done a lot of the reporting for the story, uh, have reached out to the agency that represents Steph. I believe the agency is called Octagon. And uh, they have not been able to confirm uh, whether or not this would be uh, taking place. However, Octagon, uh, the sports and entertainment agency, did post an online job listing this past Wednesday for a, quote, vice president tournament director of a full field pga tour event um so to me that says they may actually be uh be doing this thing after all so very exciting i'll keep you updated on that and um with that little bit of news we're gonna put a wrap on this podcast everybody i hope you enjoyed it uh go out and play some great golf this weekend don't forget if you do want to save a little money on your next round of golf visit golfguide.net and use the promo code gg podcast to save 10 percent on any purchase of $25 or more. And with that, everybody go out, get in some golf this weekend. And until next week, mahalo. Mahalo.